0: To football supporters around
1: the world,
0: and especially here in Thailand, welcome to the
2: Portcast Podcast, with news, views, and profiles of the supporters of Thai Port FC, or as they say in Thai, Tarua FC.
0: And now, here's your host, arguably the most knowledgeable Port FC supporter, this side of Janet the Hut, ladies and gentlemen, Tom
1: word! Oh All
0: right, so let's start, let's move on to the second part of our conversation here, which we are going to be focusing on a kind of hot topic of the moment, which is ASEAN football. And it's a hot topic because we've just... Um, we've just been watching the Suzuki cup. I'm saying that as if it's already finished. It kind of has <laughs> because as we record this podcast, um, Thailand won the first leg of the final. Um, we would we'll probably skip over the fact that it's ridiculous that we're playing two leg semifinals and finals in a neutral venue. Very yes. silly, <laughs> but, uh, but Thailand is on the way to winning very comfortably, um, We all imagine. Um, and the the kind of thing that leads us from port into this conversation is perhaps port's underutilization of ASEAN players in those available quota spots. There are is it an unlimited amount of spots now or is it three? I I, I I never
2: remember. I think it's unlimited, but only three can play. On a match day.
0: I see, I see. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But um, either way, we've never come anywhere close to that because we've never had more than one ASEAN player. And, it, and it's an area we we could do better with. And so let, let's just talk for a minute about the ASEAN players we have had because it's a, a shockingly smaller uh, sample size. We started with a very exciting, interesting ASEAN player in in the first year that the quota became available, I think. We signed Terence Bahiri, who who was kind of a worldwide meme for having run faster than maybe anyone ever (laughs) to score a goal, which became really viral. Um, But he he was a really fun player the year that he came. He added something to the squad. He was a little unlucky that he'd arrived just after Nuren and was it Boden as well? And he well, was basically the fourth or fifth choice winger, wasn't he?
2: It, it, it's not even that. He he was unfortunate in the sense that when the rule came in, it was three plus one on the pitch at one time.
1: That's so, that was it. Yeah, so,
2: you're right. So if you wanted to have your ASEAN player on the pitch, you had to take one of your other foreigners off. And now, we
0: had no, we had those three our three main foreigners fit for most of the year, and we had. Kim someone who was playing pretty yeah. much all the time. So yeah, you're and, right. And it so, was really tough for him.
2: And then the next year the rule came in and it it wasn't just three plus one plus one anymore. It was three plus one plus three. And you can sign as many as you want. And yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I just think that's overkill. Um I don't you think, think it's too it's many be- foreigners. I don't think it's beneficial to tie football in the side. Um, I'm not a fan of the ASEAN rule at all. Um, yeah, I, I, think
0: I, th- I think the I agree with you, by the way. Um, but I think that the rationale behind it was perhaps growing Thai football as a business among other ASEAN countries. I think maybe that was the rationale. Where if you if you sign the biggest player from uh, from mm. Laos and from Singapore and from Myanmar. And then all of those people want to watch your games. You become the league in ASEAN, and it, maybe it wasn't really designed to um, to be good for Thai players. Maybe that was the, the goal behind the,
2: it. The the thing for me, the the way that I kind of explain it to other people is that I'm a i am was a big fan of the concept of the rule because when I heard the rule was coming in, it was like oh, great, now we're going to go out and we're going to get Stephen Schrock. We're going to go out and we're going to get the best Indonesian player. We're going to get the best Malaysian players. We're going to to get all these good players from the region and it's going to make the league great. And then the delivery of the rule was we're going to get some guy from you know, this ASEAN country that has never played top-flight football like he's going to come in and he's going to be T1 standard. You know, the, the players that we thought we were getting and the ones that we actually got uh, from opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's never the early days, it was extremely poor. And the signings are getting better, but it's just not enough. You know, you, you could potentially have seven non. Thai players playing on a weekend, so there's going to be four Thai players in that lineup. How is that beneficial to Thai football?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, with with your your idea behind that. Um, in terms of how we've again how we've utilized it, after Terence, we had Martin Steubler, who um, who did well for us in his first stint. He's a versatile player. He came in and played uh, a lot of important games for us. He was a very good player to have in our squad. Um, Interestingly, he's left and and now just very recently come back um, and rejoined us as, again, a utility man at fullback, either either side. Um, Surprising that we let him go, presumably because we thought we could do better and have now decided otherwise. I, I'm not sure how that works. It seems to be a bit of a shoddy decision-making, either to let him go or to keep him. I would say probably the shoddier part is deciding now that, that we can't do any better at fullback.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I, I th- I th- for, for me, I thought he was brilliant in the first part of his Port career. And then towards the end of last season, there was kind of like, whoa, is, is the game kind of getting by him now? Like there were some, some games where he really got found out. And um, that's that's not that that happens, you know. No, no player is going to be a 10 out of 10 every week, you know. And he he was typically a seven, seven out of ten kind of guy. Like he, he was reliable.
0: Yeah, he, he offered nothing like what you get from a from a Kevin or from a roller in full flow, but he was very, very good in terms of um, being consistent and um, and providing a decent level of defensive cover at least um, in every game he played until, as you say, towards the end of his stint with Port when it didn't feel like that was the case anymore.
2: Yeah, so it, it kind of felt like, oh, this is this is the right time where we're going to part ways with no hard feelings. Like, thank you for everything that you've done. Good luck in your new endeavors. And now that he's back, it's kind of like, oh, didn't say goodbye to you six months ago? And, you know, I think it's just a case of we needed someone in that position. He's familiar. So it makes sense to bring him back short term, but It doesn't say a lot about the strategy of the club. At the same time,
0: no. And another, I don't want to say another, but but our our other ASEAN um, player that we've had, I think I'm right in saying he's only our third was uh, Javier Patino, and and that hasn't worked out at all.
2: Well, he's retired now, so he's
0: retired now. um, But he didn't. He really didn't um, offer what we thought he could have done um, this season, in the first half of this season. We thought we were getting... A, I mean, he's certainly, he's a player who's scored a lot of goals in this high league, but a lot of years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it was um, just the wrong timing from from the club. Um, he, he, he was decent for Ratchaburi, but at Ratchaburi, they kind of had a setup up that, that suited him where he had someone to play off and that kind of thing. So that they were set up to highlight his strengths and hide his weaknesses, whereas we didn't. We didn't do that. It was kind of a situation where he kind of got thrown in the deep end. It was like, oh, you need to score goals, and it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't going to work out, in my opinion, because that. It was just a case of too too late. Mm. You know. And, and yeah that, that's i think i'm like not
0: particularly inclined to to kind of blame us for making a bad decision signing him. i think it was a, a worthwhile punt and it hasn't come yeah. off so um maybe unlucky for him unlucky for us um but well, it, lucky either way... for him
2: because he got he got paid for six months <laughs> you know, so he, <laughs> yeah, he had a sure. gig he, he made money but that's yeah true. Neither, neither side really got what they wanted from the other. Out of no, them. no,
0: that's true. And those, I mean, and that in the years since the ASEAN quota has been available, all, all we can say is that we've had a kind of an underwhelming stint with Terence, an all- underwhelming stint with, uh, well, a failed stint with Patinho, and that Stoibler has been a good squad player. Um, yeah. And that's the extent to which we have had success in the ASEAN market. And I think it's very obvious that that we could have done better. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to what I think is a very interesting subject. And it's something that both James and I quite enjoy looking at and and talking about um, is the options that you have within all of the different kind of facets of... ASEAN football, and that isn't confined to just the leagues of the the 10 countries that that comprise the ASEAN region. It's also all across Europe and in in very rare examples, other continents as well, mostly Europe, where there are half ASEAN players playing in European leagues who can be utilised to fulfil that quota. And if you can do that, you're getting in some cases really really good european footballers with without having to waste a quota place on them and if you can do that it's absolutely brilliant you are getting a step ahead of everyone else you are giving yourself a competitive advantage and it doesn't take that much to do it
2: <laughs> oh it takes it, it takes a scouting a scouting network but
0: but you say that you say it takes a scouting network but um all it actually takes is a few hours on transfer market (laughs) and i know that because that's what i did
2: (laughs) or or even in football manager where you can kind of highlight absolutely yeah
0: you could even if you went absolutely mad you know like pay for an actual professional <laughs> um resource which helps you uh, research these players but that's not what i did all i did when i wrote and what what we're going to link in the um in the article to this podcast and uh in the blurb for this podcast across the various platforms we're going to be using we're going to link all these articles and you guys can all look through them and um, what i did is just pick five players across five very general positions and um i picked them based on uh how how i think they could improve port at the time and this was about three years ago i did this and it's an interesting time to come back to this now because after those those years have passed since i wrote the original pieces um A lot of those players have ended up in the Thai League and some haven't. And both of those outcomes are quite interesting um, because they show maybe how I was potentially right in some situations, but also wrong in others. So we're going to talk about those. Um, But also there are still opportunities out there, (laughs) which is which is frustrating and interesting at the same time. Um, So we're going to start with the goalkeepers and the goalkeepers I think was one of the most interesting areas we've already talked about one of them Um, but it's interesting because it's a a position which is just historically traditionally weak for Thailand goalkeepers we we don't produce a lot of good goalkeepers Uh, partly because Thai people aren't naturally very tall I I think that's that's a big part of it and when you when you're talking about, as we are here, basically half European goalkeepers, yeah. <laughs> the the height goes up, <laughs> the height yeah. goes up and the players get better. And the first two examples we've got here from the article, both quite similar players in terms of their profiles and as well as their. Um, well, yeah, they're just quite similar. Uh, Philip. A name I can't pronounce, Mwen. I want to say it's Mguen. I could easily be wrong. Um, Philip Mwen was and still is a top-tier, first-tier Czech goalkeeper. He was at Slovan Liberec when we wrote uh, when I wrote the article. Now he's on loan at Slovako, which is very confu- confusing to me because when I looked him up recently and did a very little amount of research, <laughs> a shockingly little amount of research for this podcast. Um, I see that the team he's at now is in fourth place. So it seems that he's actually moved to a better team, but he's on loan. Yeah. So I don't really understand. But either way, he's done very, very well. I believe since I wrote the article, he has gained Vietnamese citizenship.
2: No, 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 no. no. Did that not happen? So-
0: he was in the so, process of doing it when I wrote it. That's what I remember. No,
2: so he he was actually in the Czech Republic national team recently, and but only I missed, don't know that he, he missed played. Out of being capped because yes of, of COVID yes, but he, he went on to social media to explain to Vietnam and their fans why he was declaring allegiance to the Czech Republic.
0: So he, he made the declaration that he was going to represent well, I'm, I'm the Czech not Republic sure if and he, not Vietnam, but he didn't get capped, well, as far as I understand.
2: I'm not sure if he's locked into Czech Republic mm. now or not, but it's a case of if both of them come calling, then he's going to pick the Czech Republic, whereas I think that before it was a case of maybe he didn't think he was going to get into the Czech Republic, so sure. Vietnam, he could kind of Walk into.
1: Yeah.
2: But he, as, as far as I know, he's a Czech Republic goalkeeper now. Okay. He could still be utilized for for the rule, provided he has.
0: Providing they went through that process.
2: Yes. Yeah. That so if he's got, he got a got passport, passport.
0: It's yes. still, and I believe that did happen. I, and I'm not 100% certain of that, because as I said, I did very little research. Um, <laughs> but but anyway the bottom line on him is he would be the best goalkeeper in the division by by a mile.
2: Oh easily. Yes.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it's if you can throw money at that and make it happen it's a brilliant signing. Well, <laughs>
2: so, we're, we're good at we're good at throwing money. Yeah. Just not just not the right
0: people all the time. <laughs> so that's that's a parties. good yeah. That that's a good kind a of good start to the list. Right. And um, Moving on from Nguyen or whatever it is, uh, we have a very similar, <laughs> a very similar person next on the list um, called Patrick Le or something like that. Again, no idea how it's said. Um, also, a Czech first tier top league goalkeeper. Um, he's always been at kind of weaker teams than uh, his compatriot. And he's played, I I had a little look at his stats from this year, he's played about 50% of the games. um, And he would be much cheaper. But again, we don't know if he's got a passport, a Vietnamese passport or not. So it's, it's one of those situations where if you really want to make a transfer like that happen. You just try and make the passport thing happen. <laughs> I don't know exactly yeah. how you do that, but it's something that if you really want to do it, you can you can help kind of move those cogs um, in the direction that you want. And again, he would be a very, very, very good T1 goalkeeper, considering that he's playing in the top league of Czech, which I don't think is... It's not one of the stronger European leagues, but it's certainly not one of the weaker ones either.
2: Yeah, well, I was we'll I was gold. fortunate I was fortunate to talk with with him a few years back. Him and his brother. Um, this was during a time where someone I knew was trying to gauge whether they were interested in a move to Vietnam. Um, by all reports, his brother was he wasn't because he has a he has a brother who who played as well. Okay. But but um, that getting away from that direction of things. Um, something interesting to know about Patrick is that he just was awarded a FIFA Fair Play Award um, for doing work with orphanages in Indonesia, I believe. So wow. Fantastic. Good guy, good guy on the pitch, good guy off the pitch, it would appear. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, but yeah, from, from what I've seen, he, he looks like a good goalkeeper. And, uh, yeah.
0: I think with all of these, I mean, particularly the first two names we've talked about here, um, the thing is, even if they're not interested in a move now, you make your intentions known and you you put yourself in the frame in case something is to happen in the future.
2: Well, it's kind of like saying, hey, there's a gravy tra- train for you if Europe doesn't work out because... They could, they could both easily come to Thailand and spend the next 10 years making a considerable amount of money and they could do it in their... Well, I don't want to say they could do it in their sleep, but... Yeah,
0: but, but that's... League, I mean, it, the that, from league. the perspective of the player, that's what they'd be doing. From the perspective yeah. of the club, all you want to do is put yourself at the top of that list. So when yeah. if a player considers, right, I might want to make this move at this point in my career, that you are the club that they think this uh, club has expressed an interest in me in the past. They've, they've looked into my career They They think that I would be a good fit for them. And if you make your intentions known, you make an offer, you get refused, whatever, it doesn't really matter. You, you start that process and you put yourself in a position to be in the right place at the right time when the opportunity arises. And yeah, that's what exactly. we're not doing. And, and what you were saying about scouting earlier, that's what almost no one, almost no one is doing because, as you say, most of these transfers come from agents and they don't come from clubs pursuing players off their own bat.
2: Well, well, the thing, the thing with it is an agent is loyal to the club. It's, he, it's his job to work for the club. An agent is working for his player because it's his job To get the best deal for his player. So, if if you're making a signing, who are you more likely to trust—a scout for your club or an agent? It's it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So, Thai clubs need to get away from listening to agents because agents have no loyalty to to the club. They have loyalty to money, and they have loyalty to their player. Yep. That that that's it. So, if you're not having a scouting department, and I'm not talking about one of those scouting departments where they sit at a computer and watch Y-Scout all day or something similar like that. A scouting department that actually goes out and watches football matches because that's where you gain the knowledge of the player. You can look at his stats. You can look at all these different things. None of it means anything if you can't actually play football because statistics are designed to make the player look good.
0: Yeah. So, and you get some, i tell you what, watching goalkeepers YouTube videos, you get some fantastic highlights. <laughs> yeah. It is the easiest position to just, to pick some brilliant saves from. Cause every, every goalkeeper, even if they're pretty shit, has made some brilliant saves. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: and, <laughs> and and I saw some brilliant always, highlights
0: for all of these players.
2: You always kind of go like, Oh, that's a save mate for the highlight reel. Like you, you'll be watching a game and it's the most elementary save that he's got to make. But Waris, Warowitz.
0: Oh, he's, the, he's the number one for that because he, he gives it, it a fist non-stop. bump afterwards as well.
2: That, that, that being said, he makes some astronomical <laughs> saves as well. Like there's some saves he makes where you just go mind blown and then yeah. the week later he'll do something extremely stupid. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: It's, so I think... Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And uh, so, move on to the next on this Is one we've already talked about, Kevin Ray Mendoza. Um, he was playing in Denmark's second tier for a team I'm not going to be able to pronounce at all correctly, H.G. Koga or something like that. Um, but anyway, he was playing pretty regularly in Denmark's second tier, which I don't think is particularly strong. But um, but he was obviously a player that that was trying to make it in a decent European league and doing okay, And he was certainly one that could be a good signing or or maybe there was a little bit of risk attached to it. But he has gone to uh, Kuala Lumpur City in, uh, in the Malaysian top tier and apparently done really well to the extent where he's also now the Philippines goalkeeper in the Suzuki Cup so a risk worth taking by all accounts by the way things have turned out so far
2: yeah well when i think i think he left he left the danish team and went to another danish team and then he ended up in malaysia and they won the, they won the cup this year i think oh, they wow. beat johor they, that, well beat, that's a big yeah, deal
0: because they beat there
2: johor is, in the final yeah,
0: a very very dominant team in malaysia and
2: yeah, he doesn't play football so, <laughs> And, and they were, very, like, KL City, like, you, you look at their team and there's a couple of players in there where you go, oh, yeah, they, they look something, and then there's a couple of players where you go, mm, in terms of their imports. So they're that little guy that punched above their weight and kind of, they did a Leicester, if you're going to put it into any kind of context. Yeah, So it's a great achievement for the club where they've kind of beaten the dominant force and all that kind of thing, and, if you've got an ASEAN goalkeeper in that squad, it kind of speaks volumes to the level of his ability because teams like Johor don't just knock on the door; they pound on it. Sure. And so he—he's obviously got something about him, and it's shown.
0: Yeah, and it's what—that's one where it's frustrating that the move has been made, and um, to very little fanfare. There were no rumours about about it that I heard beforehand, maybe there were in Malaysian football circles, but it's a move that if he's getting picked up by a Malaysian, uh, Malaysian, is it the Super League? Super League? Yeah. A Malaysian Super League team, we should have been in that conversation because we should have made our intentions known. When there's a player like that out there, you, again, you, you want to be, you want to know if anything's happening so that you can decide whether you want to make the move or not.
2: Well, no no disrespect to to Kuala Lumpur as a club, but I'd I'd assume that the budget that Tang has given Port would dwarf anything that Kuala Lumpur has to offer. So if the two clubs were sitting in a room and they were saying, oh, I can offer you this, I'd like to assume that Port would be able to offer considerably more.
0: Yeah, and as a a Filipino... It's a case
2: of just being completely unaware of the availability of a player
1: yeah exactly
2: and and that's just what seems to happen too too much it seems
1: yeah
0: absolutely yeah so that's that's definitely one that I feel like from the list was a good shout and that we've missed out on which is disappointing um so move on to the next one probably a less good shout but an interesting situation Roland Muller um who was at Ceres Negros which is which is the club in the philippines right and we're going to we're going to yeah. hear that name several more times city. as we yeah now united yeah. city as we go through this list and uh roland müller played against us um not too long after i <laughs> after i wrote that in the, uh, the acl playoff the asian champions league playoff of course ceres oh. negros pulled off an upset against us they played very well they beat us, um, and Roland Miller had a good game. Made a lot of saves. Um, looked like a very safe pair of hands. At the moment, he's one that hasn't stayed with um, with what is now United City. So yeah, Roland Miller's a little bit of an interesting case because he took a took a break from professional football. I think um, he wasn't maybe he wasn't hundred percent in it anymore. He decided to take a break. He came back. Now it would seem he's playing in the the fifth tier of Swiss football, which I believe is probably entirely unprofessional, right? I, I think it'd be, it'd be it's amateur. an amateur level of football. Yeah. So he's the captain of a, a team in the Swiss fifth tier, which is, which I think we can call semi-retirement, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. the the, th- the thing that I heard with him was um, before before we played the ACL game against them, there was a couple of years before that where he took he took that sabbatical I guess you could say and um, obviously he was convinced to go back and play for, for Sears at the time um, did well and then I, th- I think with what's gone in the Filipino league where they've kind of had to play in a bubble, last, last season they were in a bubble where they played the season ext- extremely fast Mm. And then this season, it looks likely to be the same kind of situation. So maybe he's kind of gone, Oh, this isn't for me. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure he's from Switzerland. So it might have just been a case where he's going, Oh, I'm going home. I'll just enjoy the fruits of my labor, kind of yeah. thing.
0: And that's and, absolutely fair enough from him. From a yeah. personal yeah. point of view, everyone's got to decide what's best for them in their career. And as a, as a, a recruiter who's looking at a player like that, maybe he's not the one you want to sign because you've got to correctly kind of judge someone's state of mind and what they're going to bring to the club in terms of their attitude and their commitment. And maybe Muller was never going to be um, a good signing for a club like Port, but there was that moment when he's played against us and in that game, our goalkeeper made a mistake and he was brilliant. And it's well, he, one of those he, moments where, again, you're shaking your head when I've thought, well, I've looked at this player and um, and I, I wouldn't have, if I was a recruiter, I, I wouldn't have signed him. And then he's gone on and, <laughs> and been so much better than the guy we've got between the sticks. And it, it, it hurts in that moment, But but it's one you've got to look at and just say, well, you know, he is who he is and he's a very good goalkeeper on his day. And in that moment, he was brilliant. Fair play to him. Well done, buddy.
2: <laughs> well, he, he was that slippery slope as well, where you know the the Nuens and the liang's and all that that they're, they're that size above. Whereas Muller is that I think he's five eleven, so mm. he's kind of yes, in and around. Yes. He, he, he's not that that taller goalkeeper sure. like some of the others that you would have mentioned. Yeah. So he was very tie ish. In a, in a way
0: that's true that is true yeah right yeah, yeah. so on, on to the last player on the list and the last one was a bit of a funny one Novum Bauman who is also Swiss um, half Swiss half Filipino again the last three on the list all were here and he hasn't quite escaped or hasn't at all escaped the Swiss third tier uh, but he's gone on from playing for FC Zurich's under 21 team to being at a uh, a club which is just in the Swiss third tier. So the, w- the way the Swiss third tier worked, I saw a few players from this level, is there are uh, the B team or the youth team of proper um, top tier clubs. And then there are other clubs who are just at that level. And he is now playing for a-, a team called Young Fellows Juventus. I saw it given a few different names based on which language you're using. Um, but... And he seems to have settled into the Swiss third tier, which I don't think is a place you really want to go shopping from as a T1 club. Hasn't quite developed maybe as he, he could have done when I looked at him a few years ago. So maybe that's a miss. Noven Baumann.
2: Yeah. Maybe it's the kind of guy you call in for a month's trial to see if, if he's got it, but. Not someone that you'd automatically go right, hey, here's a contract.
0: It's not one that you you sign knowing that he is already one of the best Thai yeah. goalkeepers. You can exactly. like it would be a risk. And he's he's it's on another point. short one, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's he looked fantastic on the highlights, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that's a little punt which maybe wasn't the best shout. But I think on the whole, the goalkeepers, there's a really interesting group of players there. And I think it's definitely one that we could and should have done better with, which has materially kind of affected us. So it's an interesting well, yeah, start to this. You, you could, this you could,
2: well, adding adding to what you wrote about, you could throw in Hassan Hassan Sunny from Singapore, and he's and one just, that
0: everyone knew he, he about, got, because he's already been well, at, at Army. He's was got it? the
2: most amazing red card at the Suzuki Cup this time around.
0: <laughs> I missed that. So You got to talk he's, me through that.
2: His red card versus Indonesia is, A, it it was a red card. like (laughs) There's no doubting it. But if you're going to get sent off, that's how you want to get sent off. Like, if you're going to cop a red card, cop it that way. (laughs) Don't get it for for something silly. So what did you do? Come on, tell me what you did. Well, because they were chasing the game, they had to push people
0: forward. So a
2: a, a long ball came over the top and the Indonesian boy was gonna run onto it. So he's come off his line my God. He's just I think he did a triple front flip in the collision. Like oh wow. That's an exaggeration of course, but he he's collected the guy and Hmm. it it was a red card he got sent off and Iksan the boy that just signed for uh, BG, he ended up in goals for Singapore. Oh, wow! So I really need to he go saved, back and watch he that. Gave, he saved a free kick as well. So Brilliant. he may be a better Thai League One goalkeeper than he is a Thai League striker. We don't know yet, but
0: only time will tell. <laughs> yeah,
2: but yeah, it, it was it was a red card. It was a spectacular red card. But Hassan has the advantage of over a hundred games in T two. Um, by all reports, the army fans loved him
0: oh i, I only ever heard very positive things about hassan yeah saying.
2: and and from from someone who has a strong involvement in watching and communicating with Singaporean football um he he his life off the pitch and on the pitch is extremely professional so as someone that's thirty seven now he could as a goalkeeper you're going to have an extended career because your career starts late typically, but he could very easily have an extended career because he lives, he lives and breathes football and that's, that's what you want. He, he's the perfect professional. So, so that's yeah,
0: definitely an interesting, yeah. An interesting
1: kind of and, addition
2: and, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he he's not, he's a little over six foot. So he's got a bit of size about him. He's not, he's not your huge goalkeeper, but, He's got enough about him where he'll command his crosses. He'll, you know, he'll he'll do what some Thai goalkeepers can't do. And so, sure. yeah, yeah, he's one that I've got, I'll always have a lot of time for because he's been, I think he got mentioned in like one of those lists by the Guardian of like top 100 players in the world at one stage. <laughs> so That's funny.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting shot. And it's one where you can fall back on that reliability of knowing, as you said, he's played for, uh, for many years already in Thailand. So you've got that knowledge that he's, that he's going to do a job no matter what.
2: Well, the, the thing for him was he struggled initially when he came to Thailand because he didn't know where to buy halal food. So he had wow. to take all the time out to prepare his own meals and all that kind of thing because the club couldn't accommodate him. And then the club found a way where they could accommodate his needs because it would mean he'd get better sleep because he wouldn't be up preparing all his food and all that kind of thing. And then once some stability and that that acclimatisation settled in, he went from being a good goalkeeper to a very good goalkeeper. And that's where his whole entire career kind of kicked off.
0: That's very interesting. That's a very uh, niche piece of knowledge there, which I've never heard before. Interesting. All right. So um, moving on to our defenders, this is another name that has cropped up very, very recently and was, I think, one of the more interesting shouts in the original list. And it's turned out to be very interesting based on recent news. Jesper Niholm, I don't know how to pronounce it, is half swedish half filipino he is in terms of um uh, his his caliber as a a footballer at at his best he's among the very very top players on this list he's a a top tier swedish player which is that's a very high quality league um compared to the level of a lot of the other players we're talking about um And he's played for some of the best clubs in Sweden for many years. And uh, he was, at the time that I wrote this article, a free agent because he had suffered a horrific injury. In the the original article I wrote, don't look at the tackle that caused the injury because it's horrible. And I'll say that again. (laughs) It's not something you want to look at, Um, but he's a fantastic player. Um, Now, he he went he got through his free agent patch he managed to get signed up by another top Swedish club which was perhaps a surprise um certainly it was a risk for the club that took him on uh which is and uh Peter our Swedish uh Swedish friend is, go- is gonna is going laugh at me but Jure Gardens, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is <laughs> I can't can't do Swedish pronunciations in the slightest, but they are a uh, a top league um, Swedish team. I know they're the rivals of of Peter's team, so I won't say anything good about them. But he's (laughs) been playing sporadically for them throughout this season. Uh, He hasn't played 90 minutes for them, but he's played consistently, relatively consistently at a high level. And um, in the Suzuki Cup, for the Philippines, who he is, I think this was the first time he's been called up for them. Um, And he's played 90 minutes three times, which suggests that he's overcome perhaps potentially, and it's a massive question mark, his very, very serious injury and could be back to playing at high level again. And he's just been signed by... (sighs) Tong. What do we think of his signing?
2: So so that turns it from... um i've would never wish serious injury on anyone, so um, i'm extremely I'm extremely happy that he's come back from from what happened to him because absolutely it, it's a nightmare situation for any player. it's not an ideal situation for a fan that sees that tackle um You always want to see those guys come out of it strong and he's done so so I'm extremely happy for him in that regard, but I hope he's not a good player for long time like I think I, I, I want it I want him to do well but I just don't want him to do the well thing is in <laughs> in
0: preparing this podcast, it's gonna be hard for me to make this believable but it's 100% true like we planned this podcast a few a few days ago just before this news broke and I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to say about Jesper Nihon because it's one that I could try and kind of say well um, I think we should have taken the risk on this player. and
1: yeah.
0: um, But I don't think we should have done. And, and I don't even think, oh, maybe I think we should now.
1: Maybe so I, do. I, I just,
0: but, but at the time, I wouldn't have taken the risk on him because there was such, for me, such a high kind of percentage chance that it doesn't work out. And he ends up with it. Partly because I think we would mismanage him yes. and not not give him the time he needs between games and the treatment that he needs maybe in order to, to fully regain his fitness. Um, So yeah, I, I was, I think he wouldn't have been a good signing for us. I, I have to also say that I
2: don't really think he'll be a good signing for one Um, I think he's an upgrade on the defenders that they have. But the
0: question is, is is fitness and how does that work out how do they manage him? how often does he play um, what does that do for the stability of their defensive unit I, I just don't know all of there's so many unknowns that i I'm going to stick by what I thought originally and and say that I don't quite it's interesting it's an interesting move I, it could I, end I th- up being really good, but I don't think it's going to
2: be the, the way that I look at it is that in terms of Mung Tong, it's a good signing for them because Jesse Curran either can't get one or he hasn't got a Filipino passport. So you you are not gonna have him as your AFC player. So if he can't fill the ASEAN quota, then you move him on. And they've got yes yes but now and he's gone into the ASEAN quota. He's probably I think he played at right back for the Philippines. Mm. Um, so he can, he's better than any right-back that they have.
1: Yeah,
0: that, well, that's obviously
2: true. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> so he's going to slot into their back line. But in terms of how it all works out, I'm, I don't know. I
0: also think I don't know,
2: that... I don't know the, the finances of the deal. No, no, no. In terms, of, in terms of who can afford to waste more money than the other, Port can afford to waste more money than Moonton.
0: Oh it's definitely so, a deal we could have made happen. I but again, I think I don't think it would have been a good one for us and like he can play as a right back or as a center back. I think probably he's best on the right side of a back three maybe but um it's one where how good is that kind of fullback in Thailand because fullbacks have different roles in different styles of football.
2: Well, he's and never going to start ahead of roller ever.
0: no, no but No, and he's a completely different kind of player. But if... like, I mean, I think of Niran Hansen as an example because he was Swedish and he was a big lad, Um, probably a similar size to Nihol. I think that he's a pretty substantially big guy, quite strong. And I think you need to be, to some extent, to do that, to play that position in certain leagues. Maybe Swedish League is a good example. I don't want to pretend I know anything about the Swedish League. But... um, they're pretty big guys (laughs) and and uh and I think it's a very different position and if he plays it in the same disciplined defensively sound fashion if you know if he he were to play the same position the same style maybe that wouldn't be very good from Wong Tong because he wouldn't be offering an awful lot going forward and and it's all about being able to play a style which gels with the rest of the team, and and if you do the right thing all the time by the standards of the the league that you've come from, that doesn't mean it's going to work well in the league that you're in now, when you have no experience playing with these kind of players in this league. So there's there's an adaption which has to come with his with his move here, and that's another thing which makes me think it's not it might not be as as easy as you might think he's a great player but will it will it work out again I'm gonna I'm gonna say maybe not but but I could but easily easily see him being very good.
2: I, I think I think for them he's gonna end up playing centre back because uh yeah
0: you know, that that kind of makes more they've
2: sense they've got Lucas they've got Lucas Rosha they've got they've got um no one else because they're being complete duds um so their, their right back is their captain, so I can't imagine he's gonna be drop suporn. Yeah. Uh, I think I think he's their right back. So yeah, I, I imagine that Jesper goes into central defense because frankly, the even even if you include Lucas in that conversation, they're mediocre. So
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hong Tong need defenders there. It's that an interesting can... situation
0: and it's one for, for Mario to try and work out. And I'll be very interested to see what happens with it. Um, so next on the list another interesting one he was a little bit of a, a strange shout in the list because he's actually half Thai um, so if he's got the Thai passport you can just have him as part of the, the Thai quote to forget ASEAN um, Nicholas Mickelson Nicholas Mickelson yeah. um, plays for or played at the time that I wrote this uh, for Stom Godset again horrible don't blame me um Norwegian first tier, very high level, again, obviously a very good player. Um, now has moved to Odense Bold Club, something like that, in the Danish first tier, also at pretty high level. He's at both of those clubs, he was first choice. He was playing all the time. Um, he's young. I don't, I can't remember offhand how young he is. Uh, but he's in—he's certainly younger than twenty-three, I think. Um, I, think so, I think
2: he's twenty-two or twenty-three.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's—he's he's in his kind of still development phase as a footballer. He's been playing all throughout his development phase, so he's presumably getting better and better. Um, he's a kind of a, a very attacking fullback. I believe he's a right back. Um, yeah, he's right. Yeah. And could also play right wing from from the way the way you look at him play. He's dynamite going forwards. Could easily play right wing or right back. Um, very very interesting prospect. Probably hasn't yet decided. Um, he certainly hasn't decided that he wants to make a move to Asia.
2: So, no, but I I, th- I think he he recently said that he's open to representing Thailand
0: well well i think so, so that, i think an a, approach that, was made by the national team towards him yeah. to ask if he wanted to play for the under 23s yeah and he said that as you say that maybe he was open to that so that does that is the first suggestion
2: the right that direction. he's had
0: in his career that yeah. uh, that says that maybe this is a possibility at some time in the future and again if you're poor that that should be um uh, that should be making you take notice of of the potential that this player could have because he could be absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah, right. Right now, I think that if if a Thai league called him and said, "Hey, do you want to come come sign?" He'd probably hang up the phone because if you're playing every week in Denmark or or anywhere in Scandinavia, then in the top five, then you're not going to entertain Thai league moves because it just To me, it doesn't really make sense. But in the future, if you know things don't if something takes a turn or or whatever, yeah, sure. He he's definitely worth worth a phone call because you know if if you're playing at that level every week, you're not a monk. So Yeah, and I I think from what I've seen of him, he's he's very roller-esque in the Mm. sense that he plays right back, he plays right wing. Imagine if you had them both in the same 11 and you just said, hey, interchange throughout the 90 minutes. Yeah, dynamite,
0: you know? dynamite. Yeah, and he's, he's the first example I think we're going to have on our list, but not the last of a player who there's, there's a very important distinction that's going to be made at some point here where there, there are players with potential and then there are professional footballers. And he's already, in his relatively young career, made the step to being a good professional footballer with first team experience, showing that he can do it against real top European pros. And that's huge. Yeah. The fact that he's at this young stage in his career, already competing at this level, means that he's really, really good. And there are other players with potential who I've looked at uh, throughout different phases of these lists, you know, whether it was like three years ago or today, where they've got fantastic potential, but you don't know if they're actually going to be a professional footballer or not. <laughs> and this guy looks yeah, brilliant. So, He's got everything. He's the full package. And it's one where if you can make this signing happen, it's guaranteed to be really, really good. Even though he hasn't played in Asia, I don't think it matters in the slightest. Just make right. it happen.
2: <laughs> so so the thing with potential too is you you your potential and your 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 development years kind of end at twenty three like that that's when you kind of reach your wall and so like that's not to say that once you hit twenty three you're not you're not gonna gonna improve as a player you're still going to improve but not at the rate that you would at up until twenty three because once you hit twenty three you Usually, you're in the first team by then, and you kind of you've got the technical skills. You can do all the technical things, but mentally and that that those those aspects of the game, that's where you kind of improve. You don't you don't improve in the your your passing doesn't improve. Your your marking doesn't improve. You already know how to do that. It's knowing where to be and and that kind of thing. So that's that's kind of where. Your, your potential ends i guess or yeah. at least that's 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 my interpretation of it when 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 yeah, i look I, at plays, I agree with that, but with yeah so with someone like mickelson
0: it's yeah he he's with, made enough improvement already and got to a level where yeah. he would be such a good signing such a good signing. But, and but and again worry. the opportunity could arise at some point in the future the reality is from the time that I wrote the list to now, that that opportunity hasn't arrived yet. So this isn't a signing that could possibly have been made, um, but it's certainly one that everyone should be
1: looking at.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, the thing that has to be mentioned also is that a lot of Thai players don't necessarily break into the first team until they're 22, 23 so a guy like Mickelson is gonna be light years ahead of them because he's already got three, four years of first team experience. And so he's got maybe 50, 60, maybe a hundred games of first team football already. And the the Thai players, they might not have even cracked into the starting lineup yet. Yeah. You know, like that that that's a failing on Thai football in a way, in that they're not getting in. Players quick enough into the starting eleven, but that's I a whole. I deal. tell you another
0: thing, and I can't, I can't remember. There's a video I watched this. He can throw the ball. He's got a really good <laughs> long throw, and I love that. I love that. I was so disappointed, but we had Kim,
2: uh, so, so, Kim Subans, so we never is, used it. So what you're saying is he needs a club with a running track
0: because <laughs> he needs. Yes. He Good needs runner.
2: that run up to be able to propel that ball.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we need to, uh, we, it's all right, we can get him in, in zone C. If everyone knew what to do, just give him a little push off just before he gets <laughs> to <him. laughs> <laughs> you might end up getting like wet with beer, but getting poured over his head or something. But you, you'd have a good uh, <laughs> bit of propulsion going up to the sideline. I'd love to. We'd see We'd have to make, to see have to make a the pitch the size
2: it. of a postage stamp so that he could take his throw in <laughs> <laughs> Oh
0: dear. So yeah, that's that's a really interesting signing. Um, now it's kind of out there for everyone because this is a well-known thing now that he's available. So we'll have to see what happens over the years. I think he could end up coming at some point, but also maybe not. It's one that you just have to keep tabs on. Um, the next one on the list is one that's already happened. Um, is he the He'll only be the second one on the list that's already happened. Uh, Justin Bass. And I thought he was an interesting name when we came up with this. And I thought that he could be one that was very, very good. Um But he was in the list or in in the category that I've kind of just described where he wasn't yet a professional footballer. He he was an AZ Alkmaar youth player. And that's a very good club who have brought through some very good players. He had seemed to have played a lot of games in their youth team and done well. Um, But from there, he moved to Ratchaburi, didn't get much of a look in, certainly less than I expected, and is now playing for United City in the Philippines, which is a much uh, lower level than I would have expected, When I than I did yeah. expect he would be playing at when I wrote the original article. So things haven't maybe gone the best for Justin Bass, although maybe that's harsh. I, I, I don't know a lot about him.
2: I, th- I think that in terms of moves to Thailand, um, we talked about earlier with Jim about you come into Buriwam, you got to perform straight away. Otherwise, you're gone. Ratchaburi, I wouldn't exactly say, is the most stable club to sign for. And so, like, when Bass signed for the club, I think not long after they signed a couple more Filipino boys in Kurt Dizon, or Dizon, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, um, and OJ Porteria, none yeah. of them played. Yeah and they've got they've got the goalkeeper burn Shipman at the moment, never played. So they're signing ASEAN players and they're not playing a game for them. So what's the point in signing them?
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's an
2: interesting so respect. so Bus Bus was one of those tweeners. He he can play center back, he can play defensive midfield, he can play central midfield, and he's at that age where he needs to decide, am I a midfielder or am I a defender? Because once you decide that position, you can kind of focus your energies because I don't care what people say In you need to play out of the back and all that kind of thing. Each position is a specialised position. A defender needs to be able to defend, a midfielder needs to be able to do everything. And so he kind of needs to decide what position he's going to play and then that way he can... Develop Because he's still got development time and then he can become the best at whatever position he decides to play. Yeah. But I can't imagine that happening at United City, if I'm, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, it's a tough one because you, when you're in the youth team for a club like AZ Alkmaar, if you're not good enough against the first team, you've got to look for, for greener pastures. And the question is, where do you look? And as someone with that passport, with the option to go to an ASEAN country, it's certainly an interesting option. Um, so there's there's a lot, there's an awful lot at play for these young players when they consider when to make this move. Um, yeah. And someone like Nicholas Mickelson and Justin Bass, the equations might be completely different, but the it's interesting to see how. How different players make different decisions and how it affects their, their careers. We'll get into more of this the more players we talk about, because there are a lot more examples.
2: Um, well, the big the big thing for it is what's their mindset coming in? Is it mm. I'm going to come in and I'm going to dominate this league? Or is it I'm going to play in Thailand? You know, I've played in Holland. This should be a much easier level. You know, so. It comes down to because the Because you can see players, players who, who are well. maybe
0: from relatively much lower European leagues. Maybe Roller is Roller a good example of that? What what tier was Roller playing in? I think it he was, was relatively in, low. German
2: fourth tier? He was in Austria, I think. Austria, in, okay. He was either in the top tier or the second tier. Oh, okay. Right,
0: that's quite good then. Maybe that's uh, not he, the best I'm,
2: I'm reasonably yeah. sure he signed from Austria.
1: Mm, okay.
2: But okay. it it comes down to the player. I've had friends that sign from Australia to Thailand. I'm not going to say at what level, but they sign in Thailand and their immediate mentality was, all right, I've played at a decent level in Australia. I'm going to go to Thailand and I'm just going to piss it. And then 12 months later, they're back in Australia because the the Thai they club... They didn't have a clue what they were getting themselves into. Well, <laughs> well the, the Thai club wouldn't put up with their, their attitude because... Ego and arrogance is never going to get you far in Thailand. But it did just didn't translate to the pitch either because they thought that as soon as they stepped on the pitch, they'd be able to do their thing. But it, it, it doesn't work. Like, if, if it was that easy, we'd all be able to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. There are some players that come here and they just look like, right, I'm going to own this. And you can like. Kevin and Roller are two really good examples where the second they arrived, you could just see, wow, this is this is yeah. a real player. This is such a bright spark. Um, and, yeah, and other players, they, they... But it's also a case that maybe they're not given the opportunity to show that. And it could really, especially with a club like Ratchaburi be a possibility that Justin Bass has been not given a fair shake yet. And maybe there could be more there that we could find out um, later in his career. So let's let's kind of wait and see what happens there. I also it's funny. I got a message on Facebook from an extremely dismissive. um, I guess it was a I don't know if it was a family member of his or or someone who knew him who, who, who wrote to me saying, Justin Bass is never going to consider this step down in his career. He's trying to make it in the first team at uh, AZ Alkmaar. And I I got that message and I thought, well, okay, fair enough. And then a few months later, he ended up at Ratchbury and not playing.
2: So That would have been the the perfect opportunity to take a a screenshot of their message and just send it back to him. I would never do something like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right
0: so so the next name on the list is a very different one uh, he has also already played in thailand uh kali de murga i don't know how to pronounce that either uh spanish i believe spanish, spanish. and filipino um was at serres negros again one of those many players is now i believe a free agent but i haven't yeah. really checked up on that since yeah he is. okay since we um since I wrote the list, he went on to be signed by Chambri and seemed to, to play a kind of Martin Stoibler supporting role in the squad, played quite a few minutes, made some maybe important contributions, but but wasn't quite one of the stars of the team. I don't know. But and it, a, a, tie, a kind of T1 player, right?
2: Yeah, Just yeah. About. So he could, he could play up the, the right-hand side. And he went to Malaysia after Chombiri. And I th- for some reason, I think he might have been either a captain or a vice-captain. I might be completely off the mark there. But he went in and he became one of their their key players. Well, I think so, he,
0: w- he was a leader for the Philippines, wasn't he? I think he was the captain of their national team at some point.
2: Yeah, quite possibly. And um, the boy from Ratchaburi Woodland, has just replaced him at his club in Malaysia. So Carly got let go for Luke Woodland to sign.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, that's one where at the time it's a kind of, it's a known quantity player. He's experienced, he's been through it all. He's played in Asia. You can sign him and be pretty sure that he's going to do a decent job. Um, yeah, that that was an option that was kind of there for everyone. Bree took it, um, decent player. He's one, of those, he's one of those middling ASEAN players who, who can do a job for a lot of teams.
2: He's that tricky one where he's in that that age range where you don't... Like, for, for a fullback. they're kind of reliant on their legs. You know, they've got to be able to get yeah. up, get back, that kind of thing. So I don't know if that was part of the, the decision-making where they went, oh, maybe we're not sure if this is going to fall off the edge of the cliff or... That kind of thing, but he he's in that that kind of age range where you kind of get a bit nervous about a fullback. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So it, it may it it makes sense where you take a punt on them, but you also kind of go, Oh, okay, if you take a pass on it. Yeah. So the next the
1: next
0: one on the list is another Wide player, fullback, but but I didn't know or think he was at the time that we at the time I wrote the original list. So this is a guy called Maximilian Steinbauer, who I did notice at the time that he was playing for FC Victoria 1889 Berlin's youth team. That's a mouthful. um, That he had a Thai agent, or he had an agent that's very active in Thailand, which meant that this move was always going to happen. Um, his move to line was always going to happen that was his plan clearly um which absolutely like fair play that's a that's a, a good path to take if you're in his position um he is a, at the moment at sukhothai fc on loan from Wong Tong. so he was signed by Wong Tong, loaned out for sukhothai and he's currently playing in t2 and i've had a little look at his stats and they look Very good, considering that I thought he was a centre-back or a a left-back, and apparently he's been playing right-back and right-wing. Apparently you've seen him play this season, you said, I think, earlier. So what what have your thoughts been?
2: Yeah, I I think it just highlights the gap between T1, T2, in the sense that maybe he wasn't quite ready for regular T1 action he's taken the step back, he's playing regular T2 football and it's allowed him to kind of settle and work out who he is as a player and that'll hold him in good stead going back to long time. Well, absolutely. Um,
0: I mean, that sounds to me and, like a very and, sensible but kind the, of
2: position. The, the, key, the key thing for him is like he's still at that age where he, he makes those mistakes and so if he can get them out of his game, then he's going to be a very good player and if he's going to be a very good player he needs to leave Mung Tong because he's not going to win anything then. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's
1: true but
0: I think they seem to have at least managed the early part of his career in the right kind of way in comparison to what we just talked about with Justin Bass and Ratchbury where they they let him stay there and didn't play him much and he didn't get the minutes under his belt that maybe he needed to improve, at least in this case, uh, Steinbauer, still uh, very young, is getting a chance to play and learn about Thai football and maybe adapt his game to uh, to where he can make a decent career in T1. But let's see Well, he's,
2: he He's one of those FOMO players that Mung Tong has a plethora of where They just, as a club, they have a fear of missing out on the next big Thai thing. So they just vacuum up hundreds of Thai kids in the hope that one of them turns out okay. Yeah. And so there's there's just so many kids there that they have to loan them out because if they don't loan them out, that's a hell of a lot of money to be spending on wages of players that are never going to play. Yeah.
0: So he's probably in competition with about, Thirteen other right backs. If if he tries to, yeah, if you know, ready. if everyone in their books counts as as someone who's in competition for a starting place, but it's good. It's, it seems that he's not gone to one of the normal clubs that they found their players out to, yeah. um, and he's at Sukatai, which is a relatively reputable club um, where he's doing well. So seems like things have gone okay for him, and that's again that's one that you can keep tabs on, see how he's doing. Could be a really good player in a couple of years. Wait and see.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, on to the midfielders. And the first one here, I think is an interesting one. I don't really know what to think about this one. And it strikes me as a player that could just pop up one day and everyone will scratch their head and go, well, that was obvious. Why Why didn't we sign this guy? Gaston Salasiwa is the player in question and he's oh, you're played
2: the you have to tell me <laughs> you're going to yeah, you're gonna have to tell me about yeah him.
0: that's fine. So, so he's played in indonesia uh, he's indonesian dutch uh, which is dutch. a common uh, a common combination of uh, of nationalities and he's yeah he's played in the indonesian top tier and done well apparently but he's um, I don't know. This was what I wasn't really able or couldn't be bothered one or the other to find out the answer to. Was he there as a foreign player or, or as an Indonesian national? Because I think were, he was another player There was a like question mark over whether he was, whether he got the passport as an Indonesian or not. Um, but he's, he was playing when I wrote the original piece in the Norwegian second tier. Now he's playing in the Dutch second tier. Uh, he's an experienced player. I think he's in his 30s. Um, but he's consistently played at good levels throughout his career in Europe. And he's c- kind of an attacking midfielder who produces a lot, from what I've no. noticed. So, so that's his dead ball freaking, so, you know, is there someone who can make an impact in the Thai League and you know be a really good midfielder. Uh maybe he doesn't want to come to Asia, maybe he experimented with Indonesia and decided he didn't want to do it. Um I don't know. I I think that's one where he could turn up one day and do really well for someone and everyone will just be kicking themselves.
2: (laughs) I, I think there was that slippery slope a few years back where I think it's changed now, but in the past it was if you wanted to be declared as Indonesian, you had to give up your passport. So if you were Dutch Indonesian and you wanted to represent Indonesia, you had to give up your Dutch passport. That so could he, well he have was, been the case. He he, was, I, I think He was, was there around
0: like the, the early 2010s, around like 2010, 2011. There, there like was that,
2: players right? that got around that. Um, Serge Van Dyke, he mm. managed to keep, yeah. he played for Indonesia, but he kept his Dutch passport. Um, Stefano Lilipali, who's playing for him at the Asia, uh, Suzuki Cup. Yeah, we'll talk um, about him later. There's players that have navigated that, but I don't know what the process is for that, so I can't comment on it. But maybe he's not confident that he can navigate those waters where he gets to keep his Dutch passport and represent Indonesia. I'm not sure, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no,
0: I, I again, it's, it's a situation that I should have done more research with. I didn't, so who cares? But... <laughs> it's it's uh yeah it's an interesting uh perspective signing which i think someone might make at some point but let's wait and see maybe not um yeah. all right so so from an unknown quantity um who i've seen very very little of to someone who i've seen a slightly unfortunate amount of because he's another one who played well against us in the asian champions league playoff for Ceres Negros, Mike Ott, Mike Ott, who has a brother called, can't remember Manny. his brother's name, Manny, Manny Ott, is that it? Yeah, yeah, Manuel um, Manuel Ott. Okay, so two brothers, both um, both decent players. What country are they from?
2: They're Filipino, but they're from from Munich in Germany.
0: Okay, so. Yeah, German Filipinos, not um, not the last German Filipino midfielders we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they were at Seres Negros when, I, or my Ott was at Seres Negros when I wrote this and is still there now at the renamed United City. Played very well against us from midfield in the Asian Champions League playoff. What do we think about my
1: Ott?
2: Well, he he's another one. Like I, I mentioned Hassan Sunny before. Maikop played T2 yeah. for Tong, So he played a season there. And did there, well,
0: didn't he? Scored goals, he didn't scored
2: he? scored seven, seven, seven or eight goals, I think, and probably got a couple more assists. From midfield, that's so, very good. You, you know, like, and, and that's coming in as a player that isn't part of the nasi rule. He was the AFC player. Oh, wow. Very, so yeah, I didn't know that he didn't have that leeway where someone else could get picked and that kind of thing. He had to prove his merit. So yeah, that's yeah. an
0: interesting extra element to that.
2: Mm. Yeah, he he was at Ang in twenty. I want to say twenty seventeen, mm. and I'm pretty sure that was for the the um. Arsenal rule came into into um the the process, right? Yeah, yeah he was okay. five five players in in um T hmm. two in in that time. Yeah, he wow. was with two uh, uh two other players that played regular T one football, hmm. Isaac Honey and Bernard Dunbeer.
0: Struck me as from what I saw of him, very short. Um, but stocky, strong player, um, used his body, used the used little of his body that he had uh, very well. Um, no, good player, though. Very technically um, very technically gifted. He was able to do a number on most of our midfielders on uh, when we played them. So fair play to the guy. He, he's an interesting option. He's, he wouldn't come into our 11 and be like the man, but he no. would be a very... Um, potentially interesting contributor
2: he'd be an x-factor off the bench yeah yeah definitely you know he's one of those guys where he checks his shoulders before he gets the ball and you can't say that about most of the plays in in t1 yeah you know so before he even gets the ball he knows what he's going to do to it is he gonna is he gonna try and wriggle his man is he gonna play a bounce pass and you know go on his way like he he's he's a clever player, Yeah. and you know he's stocky. He's not the most mobile, but he's he's clever.
0: Yeah, yeah. He certainly looked it from from what I've seen of him. So an interesting prospect there. Again, it's one that no one no one's made that move. He he's been at Ceres Negras or United City, and that's a comfortable place for a lot of Filipino players to be. So fair yeah. enough if that's if that's the decision that he's made for his career then all power to him it's it's yeah it's just a case of what what you want to do and if he wants to do that he's doing very well from it <laughs> and he showed that he's a top player from from what he showed when he played us yeah and yeah. uh yeah the next one on our list another one who's kind of stayed put not at the same club but in the same league um, although he's got a bit more to his story, certainly. Um, Brendan Gunn. Brendan Gunn. Um, the last time I saw him playing was against uh against Thailand this time, not against port. Um, but he had an absolutely mammoth performance against Thailand for Malaysia in would it have been the last edition of the Suzuki? Cup? I think
2: it was the last edition of the Suzuki Cup. Yeah,
0: he was he was superb, um, just an all-action midfielder. Did it all on the day. Um, he was playing for Perak Perak FA in the Malaysian uh, top tier. Then now, I, I think he's at Selangor, but he's had some difficulties um, playing football recently, right? So what's what's the current yeah. situation with him?
2: Yeah, so he he just had some health issues where he found out he had cancer. Um, he's successfully gone through chemotherapy, which is great to hear. Brilliant. Um, I mean, all power. So, so, I mean, so he's Salango, an incredibly
0: kind of powerful, healthy-looking guy, isn't he? <laughs> like, yeah. So, it's incredible that that it happen to someone like him. I mean, he's he's it, a beast.
2: <laughs> it, it speaks about the, the squad that they have at Salango because I believe that a few of their players... When he went through chemotherapy, they went through and shaved their heads and they kind of
0: oh, that's, went that's
2: through so it good. together. So, you know, that, that kind of shows the kind of guy he is in the squad where they all wanted to go through it together. And that that's... I, I, I've never been through that myself, so I can't comment on it. But I'd imagine you want people with you through that journey rather than going through it alone. So hopefully he comes out of this... You know, he's able to go about his normal business because he's a fantastic footballer. But as a as a person that has to live the rest of his life, I hope he's healthy and can go about what he needs to do for the next 50, 60 years and, oh, and be okay. So I hope him and his family are okay. But as a footballer, I've got nothing but respect for him too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's That's really kind of harrowing stories that he's done he's a great player and yeah sounds like i mean obviously we wish him the best it sounds like he's doing all right so let's let's hope so um moving on okay from brendan gun jesus this this was probably the most random shout on the list um (laughs) and i don't think it's really worth talking about for more than like five seconds um partly because I can't say his name and partly because (laughs) he's playing in the Swiss Swiss fifth tier again, but a guy called Phi or P Nguyen again. Um, The reason I took a slight bit of interest in the guy originally, I think, was that he had played for the Swiss national team at youth levels, um, which made me think that there was a player there. Um, But no, half Vietnamese, half Swiss, he's still playing in the Swiss fifth tier. I think we can move on and say that's not a, a transfer, which anyone would really be, um, which would be worth the risk because I don't know that there's any no, upside so there.
2: In the early days of the implementation of the rule, he probably would have got signed just because he was a fashion, but no, yeah. not, not, not today.
0: Yeah, and the next one, the next one is a wild kind of, a wild addition to the list at the time, um, but it's really interesting now. So this is one that I feel is is an interesting name. Um, the name is Kobe J. Chong, and he already had a bit of a mental CV when I looked at him. It's completely fucking wild, honestly. He he was at like a, a Serie A team as a really young player um, in the youth setup but also like i don't know like a spanish team a portuguese team i can't remember but he's had, he's gone through all sorts in a very young career apparently he was a futsal player before he got into foot football as well um and he's been through like all these weird levels of professional and semi professional football where when we when i made the original list he was at banbury united which is in the the english 7th tier which is non non-professional at the best semi-professional um but he's recently been signed by peterborough united uh who are in the championship uh but he's not in their first team squad i think he's in their under 23 squad but basically i think there's a potentially like championship level player there and he's part malaysian which is the key (laughs) he's part malaysian um And I think he's been through stages in his career, probably still at a stage in his career, where he's not a professional footballer yet. He he hasn't played any real professional football. Um, But there's so much potential there. must have a lot of technical ability. Um, And if you're interested in a player like that, you can make your intentions known. and, And at some point, maybe if it doesn't work out for him at Peterborough, or he steps down a level and it doesn't work out there. Maybe, maybe this is a signing you'd want to
2: make. Well, he's, he's one of those guys. We, we talked about this the other day a little bit. He needs to decide is he a futsal player or is he a footballer?
0: Because. Come and join Port Futsal FC. <laughs>
2: yeah, like I, I've played with guys where in training in the small side of games they were incredible put him out on a full-size pitch, and they were, they were the shits. So it's, it's that tricky one. Is he one of those guys where he's good at those small-sided games and then you put him on a full-size pitch and he's, eh? Or is he someone that just needs that time to work out his role on, on a football pitch? Because making mistakes on a football pitch is different to making mistakes on a futsal field because the rap, how quickly the balls turned over and all that kind of thing it's two different games obviously but it's complete two complete different styles of play as well he's a funny one because he's got there's a lot out there about him on
0: online on and on social media as well he seems to have kind of drummed up an interesting level of i don't know a, a level of interest about him which you wouldn't expect for a player who's never, who's not a professional footballer yet, and who's had a kind of weird career path.
1: So I don't know he's how kind of one
2: works. of those YouTube players. There's there's those guys on YouTube that occasionally, kind of end up in in gigs because of the cult following that they get online, and then the, the but, football But clubs. maybe
0: he's really good, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yeah, like, there's there's, not, there's always that possibility. But yeah. you know, how how old is he now?
0: Oh, he's still very young.
2: He's um, twenty.
0: Yeah, okay, he's twenty.
2: Yeah. Still, still, you yeah. know, like he—he he should, if when when you're twenty, you should be kind of knocking on the door of the first team. Like I'm not—I'm not saying every twenty-year-old is going to break into a first team and play play regularly, but that's kind of the time where the club you're playing for will kind of go, oh, we're going to give you a game or two in the cup, like. They'll they'll kind of work out, are you a part of their future, or are they gonna look to move you on soon? And so that's he's in that catch twenty two where he's come from non league, he's got some pretty big clubs in Italy on his CV. Like, is he up to it? That's that's the question that we've all got. And if you're taking a punt on someone, and an ASEAN player is a player you can take a punt on because yeah. it has no effect on your squad registration rules whatsoever. If, if they're the drizzling shits, it does not affect you at all.
0: And I think I wrote at the time that, I mean, I, he may have even been 17 or at least 18 when I wrote it. I was like, you can't assign the guy then anyway, um, but you can bring him over on a trial and say, well, you want to come and train here for a month? We'll have a look at you. We'll see how you get on. It'll be a good experience for you, and you know that would have been an interesting thing to do a couple of years ago. Yeah, why not?
2: Yeah, well, he's still at that age where they could do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so that's that's an interesting potential future name we could see popping up. Let's let's wait and see what happens. Um. And then okay so we're we're onto the wingers next and there are some really big really small and really funny names in this five i like this uh, this selection of players we've got coming up and the first one is particularly interesting because he's one that the time i wrote this i i knew that it was impossible um that we we couldn't sign him and i didn't think it was going to be possible that we would sign him um for the rest of his career, and it's just turned out that he has got Laotian citizenship, which is not something that happens all the time. Um, arguably, is that true? Yeah, I think arguably he's the best player on this list at the peak of his career. Um, he was a French top-tier player. There's
2: one player that might come in later. That yeah. was added to the list after the fact. Ah, right. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. In terms but, of the list, most definitely, yeah.
0: But I think Billy Billy Ketkeo Pomfon. Billy, Be- yeah, yeah. Don't mean, not no. not going to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call him. Um, what's Billy. his nickname? He's got a good nickname, doesn't he? Um, oh, I've forgotten it. Um, he's got the bu- the bullet the bullet from Lao or something. I don't know. Anyway, a um, very, very good player who has been in the, the higher echelons of French football um, for many, many years. Um, he is half Laotian. He hasn't played for Lao until just now, this AFF Suzuki Cup tournament. He played his first uh, games for Lao here, which makes him, as far as I'm aware, available for this. Um if he's got a Laotian passport,
2: then he, he's locked in. Now. He's he fair
0: game. And yeah. this is one that I know. I mean, I've, I've spoken to people who have said that he is on the radar, like uh, from an agent's perspective, not from a club's perspective, that there have been agents trying to get this stuff to happen <laughs> um, for a while. Um, and now, so so when I first made the list he was playing in the French third tier and it seemed like he was struggling because I believe he'd had a big injury. Um, Now he's back up to the the French second tier. So maybe he's recovered to an extent. And I think he's playing not as a member of the starting 11, but playing regularly off the bench for Dunkirk, who are in the second tier, which is still a good level, but he's not playing regularly. You know, maybe maybe this is a move that could happen at some point soon. And if it could,
2: oh, he would just be fantastic, wouldn't he? Yeah. It, it all comes down to who, which Thai lead club needs a striker? All of them, <laughs> you know. Which Everyone. Of them <laughs> which, yeah, you and he know, can so. play wide as well. <laughs> yeah. And he's also got a bit of size about him, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, Strong. you know, he, he, he ticks all the boxes. You'd be mad not to give it. And, and like I said, an ASEAN signing has no implications whatsoever on your registration rules. So why would, if you've got the money to throw it and it has no repercussions on your financial status as a club, why wouldn't you go for it?
0: Yeah, this is one where I struggle to understand. He's still only 31. Um, maybe he has had those injuries, but it's one I struggle to understand why this is
2: getting into that patino kind of territory almost though in the sense that
0: he's but but he's he's been playing at a high level all this time that's the
2: difference it's still that that risk though at 31 you know yeah i'm I'm, I'm not i'm not saying he's old or by any means but there's always that risk of they're going to fall off the edge of the there, there is also
0: a risk of i mean when you see the kind of player that he is He's a power, a quick, powerful player. Yeah. And what happens when that player stops being quick?
2: <laughs> well, what, what happens when that player comes to Thailand? Yeah. They get kicked the living shit out of. So it all comes down to what's his temper like? Because if he doesn't like that, he's going to get banned for beating. Luke I imagine he gets kicked a bit in front. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's one where, again, everyone should be on alert.
2: If you're a big club, you're taking that punch, surely. So the likes of of Buriram, the likes of Bangkok Glass, Bangkok United, us, they're the clubs with the budgets. You'd imagine that why wouldn't they be looking at that?
1: Yeah. You know. It's a it's
0: a surprising one that hasn't happened for me. From when and, I and saw maybe
2: him. it's the case of he's just got that Laotian passport and he's played games for him now where they go, Hey, hang on. Let's get this sorted. Yeah,
0: could be, could be. And the next name on the list, we've got a few big names coming up. Um is one that was mentioned earlier on, Stefano Lillipalli, who yep. uh, from what I from what I've seen of him is a fantastically gifted technically excellent player who's been playing in Indonesia for a long time same club as when i wrote the original article bali united i don't know if you know how he's been getting on i haven't i don't watch the indonesian uh, first tier well, you're but you're i've fortunate always been impressed thing. with him whenever i've seen him
2: the the thing with indonesian football is if if you just watch the crowds it's amazing if you actually sit down and watch the football it's not quite the same. You know, um, there's good players in Indonesia. There's also a lot of not so good players in Indonesia. Um, There's one that was playing for Rayong a while back that went to Indonesia, an English centre-back, just been released by his club in Indonesia. Um, Yeah. So, so you've got to take take the good with the bad there. Um, by all means, Lily Pally is a fantastic player. I think he's one of those guys where if he's in his comfort zone, he's going to be able to just cruise and give you those good performances. But if you take him out of his comfort zone, I don't think you're going to get the same level of performance from him. And there seems to have been a drop off in
0: recent years here. Since I, since I um, wrote the original article, I mean, I'm looking at recent performances for him in – this is just from Wikipedia – but in the last two seasons, he's only scored one goal. Oh, That's Christ. surprising. It looks yeah. bad. So, if 20, 2020, he only played two games for the United, scoring one goal. And this year, he's played 13 games and not scored, apparently.
2: That might suggest injury problems, and. Which is yeah oh uh, and then, and then you had the case of the Indonesia the Indonesian league last year got completely oh canned.
0: okay that that could easily be the main
2: kind of factor there, yeah, yeah Last last year they they got caught in that case where they postponed it and then they postponed it again,
1: mm.
2: and then it was a case of oh, we're never going to be able to complete the league in time, that's why they're on they go twenty one twenty two now I Whereas see. before, they they used to start in the start of the year, finish at the end of the year. Okay. Now they're going. They're e- like Thailand now.
0: Either way, he's played 13 games this year and he hasn't scored yet, which doesn't yeah. sound very good. <laughs> so maybe that's one where maybe the time for that move has passed. I don't know, because he's definitely a high quality player from what I've seen. But if he's not performing in Indonesia there's there's not a lot of there's players
2: younger players out. for Indonesia available now that are at, kind of looking like they could go yeah, on to be the next Lily parent so. who we
0: can, who we can talk about later definitely yeah uh next one's another another interesting case i think Mahmoudou sumare who i believe is from who was born in the gambia is that right gambia yeah and um is a nationalised Malaysian citizen. Yeah. So he's not, he wasn't um, born with a Malaysian parent, but he he played in Malaysia for enough years to gain citizenship, took that path and has gone on to represent them at international level. Um, he was on the books at Pahang FA. And I remember when I wrote the original list, seeing that he'd just signed for them and thinking that, um, it wasn't going to be a plausible move for him to come to T1 because he just signed for a number of years at that club. And then maybe a year after that or something, I don't remember how long it was, he signed for police in yeah. a strange failed move. Ultimately, he barely played. And when he did play, didn't play very well. And I was surprised by that because I was very impressed with what I saw from him in the uh, Malaysian national team. So what? what was that was your one of the, on
2: those those cases where I got to say I told you so to you because you, you, yeah you it, were it, right <laughs> it, yeah it, it's one of the rare cases where I was right in the sense that there, there was a lot of drama that surrounded his move to police and I think that kind of carried on for a while before it was all resolved but I don't think he's the kind of player where it was ever going to. Work out. He's one of those players that you need to get around and cuddle and make him feel important. That's the way I look at him. And so he wasn't getting that at at police, whereas he gets that in Malaysia, where they kind of everyone gets around him and makes him feel special. And Mm. he goes on and does his thing and he does it well. But when you look at the Thai League and you look at the Malaysian League, they're, they're levels apart. And so he's a very good player at Malaysian level. He's not a very good player at Thai level because you need more about you at Thai level than you do in the Malaysian League.
1: Yeah. In the
2: Malaysian League, you can kind of get away with being a physical player. In Thailand, you need that physical element, but you also need to be a technical player as well. And he just didn't have that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he's at Johor now suggesting that he's as you say, very well kind of highly valued in the in the Malaysian top tier, and obviously would be as a as a nationalized um kind of African player, but available as a homegrown player. Of course that's yeah. a great option when you can take it.
2: Well if if you've got the the thing that police missed is with him, if you've got him on the bench you want to play him for the final 20 minutes of every game because he has blistering pace. Yeah. And there is nothing worse for a fullback than seeing a guy like him come on with 20 minutes to go and thinking, oh, shit, I've got this guy running at me for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. So that that was a missed opportunity for police. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: All right. And from... Yeah, maybe one of my worst picks to to one that I think is possibly the best on the entire list, apart from maybe the goalkeeper, apart from Kevin Ray Mendoza. This is untapped glory, this one. Wait till this happens. Pascual Verkamp is the next name on the list who no one's ever heard of. Um, I've seen him pop up once or twice on like Thai language Facebook groups when people have realised that this is a thing. Um, But he's... he. When I made the list, he was playing for Victoria Aschaffenburg in the German fourth tier, which I don't think is that great, but he was doing very, very well at the time. He was, His numbers suggested that he was an important part of his team and doing very well. Since then, he's moved up and now he's in the German third tier, which I believe is the jump from regional to national, yeah. Um, yeah. which is a big deal. And, and now very he's... Gorgeous. Okay, yeah. And he's now um, playing relatively regularly, not kind of ripping it up, as he did in the German fourth tier, but maybe found a level at the German third tier, which suggests that he could easily do it in Thailand. And apparently he's half Thai, half German. I don't know if he has a passport yet. Seems like he could get it. I mean, it's very easy to get a Thai passport. If you have a Thai parent, it's there. You can do it. Um, Apparently, just... No one's tried, or he's not interested, but I don't understand why not.
2: Well, you, you, you'd imagine that your earning potential in, if if you're a, a solid European player with a Thai passport, I'd imagine your earning potential in T1 is better than your earning potential in the third league of Germany. Yeah. I, that's just my assumption. Mine I don't was know. Different, that, surely. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> So it, if, if they're not making that call, what are they doing? You know, and, and that, that comes down to the FA. It's the FA's job to reach out to the half-Tai players to say, hey, <laughs> are you available? Like that's, if they're eligible for Thailand and they're not declared to Thailand, your job is to reach out and see what their position is. Because yeah. I'd I'd imagine I'd imagine he's never gonna play for Germany. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but there, there's a, there, there's a, a relatively I'd imagine there's a, a, a much a much better chance of him playing for Thailand. Of course. So Yeah, that's, this that's, is one
0: that I don't understand why it's still out there, why why this hasn't happened, or at least why it isn't talked about more. Like the the Nicholas Mickelson one just came up. And I was surprised that didn't come up for so long. But it was more out there than this. Pascal Verkamp, it seems like such a sensible approach for everyone to be making, like you say, from the FA down to clubs and for him as a professional. Why is this not happening? Come on, people, get your act together. like. there's, see agent, it, you there's agents
2: amazing. from Germany with good ties in Thailand.
1: Yeah,
0: so. and I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. And um, the question has been asked. I don't know if it was ever answered. I, I genuinely don't know. But, yeah, um, there, yeah, people are aware of the situation and I don't know why nothing's happened. <laughs> Just wait for it. It'll happen one day. Or at least it should.
2: <laughs> It'll happen in 10 years when it's too late. Yeah. And we can all link this article. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the last one on the list was, I don't want to say a throwaway choice, but there, I was uh, I was struggling for options at the point where I uh, where I added Christian Rontini, who was um, in the Italian fourth tier, which um, for San Giovanese. Again, again, I think we can put him in the kind of basket of not quite a professional footballer when we wrote this, um, but. Since then, he has joined the Azkals development team. He got picked for the Philippines and was in a couple of squads, and eventually joined the Azkals development team, which is the basically the Philippines leagues um, under twenty three players.
1: Isn't yeah, it?
2: yeah, yeah. So like Singapore has the Young Lions, yeah. in their league. Then the Philippines did something similar, but the difference was that Scott Cooper was the Azkals. Development team's coach as well, so he was dual roles of the national team and the Azkals. So that that's a good move in my opinion, where the national team coach takes charge of the league team as well. And uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's interesting.
0: The I, the I don't Filipino know a lot about just that, a of... the level that they're playing at, but it seems like I mean, anyway, that would have been a massive punt, and he was the one of those kind of puntish players on the list who yeah. seems like. Probably wouldn't have been worth worth a shout either way. Um, but yeah, there we go. <laughs> Can't win them all. <laughs> yeah, and on, on to the strikers. There are some even more wild punts on the on the strikers side. And uh, the first one is an extremely kind of proven player, uh, Ilya Spasojevich. That's a, a hard name to say, but I think it might be the best I've pronounced anything today. That's just... <laughs> yeah, because it sounds more European. Uh, but Spasovic has got a sensational record throughout his years in Indonesia. Just scores goals all the time. Um, yeah. But I think maybe his the time for his move to Thailand has passed now. There was a while yeah. where it was rumoured. Was it to Wungtong that his Yeah, I think so. So, so he
2: had that. He, he had that period where he went from Indonesia to Malaysia and back to Indonesia, and I think a little after that he got his passport, and then it was a case of: is he going to make the move to to Thailand? I think I think both Mung Tong and Bururam Ram were mentioned, but I think he made the sensible decision to remain in. Indonesia but he just continued to do his thing he was
0: wildly successful at that level so why not Why not keep on doing what you're doing
2: yeah exactly
0: yeah so well done to him uh, unfortunate that no one for themselves could have attracted him to Thailand but there you go uh, every player has, has to make their own decision which is best for their career and sometimes you, you can't attract the players that you want um, so next another one of these similar examples is never going to pronounce this um huang vu samson i don't know how to what his original name was before <laughs> he became uh, a Ola, vietnamese national Ola, Ola I,
2: I'm, not, Ola, I'm not gonna have
0: any better luck with that so uh, <laughs> so we'll leave it at that Um but Ah, uh, okay yeah he uh, another one with a very good scoring um a very good scoring record in his division the vietnamese top tier um but he made the move to buiram and it didn't work out at all which was uh, i think a surprise i think most people thought when he came over he was going to be a really good signing you may not be one of those people <laughs> no so
2: there, there's rumors around what what happened there, which mm. I, don't, I don't necessarily want to play into. But um, it was just that case of he went in, he didn't hit the ground running, and they just moved on from him. That's the easiest easiest way to put it. And um, for me, I think he's still worth a punt because in recent years, in in Vietnam, is still doing a very good yeah, job. Still back in the um, club. I believe he had a big falling out with his club last year, where I think his owners, the owners of the club, kind of went a bit crazy, and they they accused him of deliberately missing goals. And he said, <laughs> "Hang on, I'm paid to score goals. You see in my goal celebrations that I'm so happy to score goals." Wow. And so I, I think it was just a case of. The club wasn't happy with him, so they just made a reason to get That's rid a of him. Wild situation, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, it, it, was, it was a very weird one. I, I remember reading about that one last year, and then the thing for him is he's just moved from that club, obviously, because there was no relationship to be maintained after what happened. Fair he's enough. now at the club that Mano left,
0: Ho Chi City.
2: So yeah, he's in Ho Chi Minh City now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like you say, could could still happen. Um, maybe at some later point. We'll have to wait and see. Um, next one is another interesting name, um, particularly interesting because it's another one that recently happened. Um, again, I wrote this a long time ago, and Iksan Fandi. Um, has been on the radar of everyone forever, hasn't he? Because he's just from a famous uh, Singaporean footballing family. Um, his older brother is already at BG. We don't know for how much longer, but um, but older brother Fandi uh, has been a fantastic part of their defence over the last couple of years. He's a very good player. And it appears that Iksan as a striker, uh, he, uh, he's been getting by in the Norwegian second tier yeah. for a while. Uh, he was at Ralfos uh, when I wrote the original piece. He never scored a great, a great many goals, but he was um, trying to make it and get, making a contribution for the teams that he was playing at.
2: Yeah, and I think the, the team that he just left, I think they got promoted. Okay. to the top tier of Norway for some reason OK, well
0: that's an achievement um, he certainly seems to have uh, been able to contribute at that level and he was he was uh, used consistently as a squad player um, whether or not he was starting every game um, he has just been signed by BG Patung uh, as was the latest yes. news And that would appear to be a very shrewd signing. It seems like he's going to have a lot more to offer than most.
2: It's a clever sign. yeah. It's a clever one in the sense that there's rumours of Urfan being wanted by Korean clubs. Well, they've just signed his brother. Why would you want to leave Bangkok now (laughs) because... You're That's quite
0: a club, cynical
2: I mean, way to look at it. That you'd want to sign. It, it is a cynical way, but it's, it's, it's also a clever way to kind of keep a player happy at your club. That's true. But it's it's also a case of is he even going to play for B- Bangkok Glass? Um, I would I would suggest, and I could be completely off the mark. I think he will end up at Rudge Prussia. Oh, that's brutal! I don't think that'll happen. No, so so Ruj need to survive the drop from T two. They've got Nasiun spot available. Mm. Why wouldn't you move Ikshan down there and see if he can adjust to Thai football?
0: Yeah, I mean there's 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 value in, it in that sense, but
2: BG first man. I mean he's I he's can't been, I can't see I can't see him playing for bg t one. Isn't he better than all of their other f- forwards though besides
0: Siracin and Diogo?
2: <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> you're going to get very angry at me. I'd have Chen Rock.
1: But I haven't I, seen I, much of Ixan,
2: I, I so. know Chen Rock as, as a player in Thai League and I know what I'm going to get from him. I don't yeah. know what I'm going to get from Ixan, so.
0: That's true. That's true. But I so so that's, that's,
2: <laughs> that's the only reason why I think he'll end up at Raj Prusher is just because, A, it's a way to keep him in Bangkok living with his brother because they play out of the same stadium. And, yeah. You know but, what, then? And,
0: if, they re- if they really want to keep Raj Prasher up, send Chenrop over there. He's a the known quantity user.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if they want to keep Raj Prasha up, send us back out to Bordy, please.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, dear. Excellent. All right. So we are we're nearing the end of this uh, uh this exploration of uh half ASEAN footballers. We've got two names left, and they're both relatively minor names, well, extremely minor names. Actually, maybe no one's ever heard of either of them. But um Patrick Patrick Gustafsson is the first of those two, and he's he's one of those outside shouts. I think he was very young um when when I made the original list. He was at Advitabergs in the Swedish third tier. And he's moved to another Swedish third tier team called Sylvia. Yeah, so don't know what's going on with that name, but there you go. Um, yeah, it seems like he hasn't quite kind of cracked on from, hasn't been able to improve from that level. Um, so probably not the kind of signing you'd be wanting to make i don't know maybe in the future but um yeah that's not one that particularly interests me semi <laughs> slot signing yeah i think this guy is kind of he's i think he's actually played at professional level so he's a little bit better than that but he he hasn't scored many goals i'd say he's a tier above semi slot but not, not a hugely not a hugely important <laughs> tier. The, the last one on the list is a little more interesting because he has uh, a brother who's played in T1. Um, his name is Marcel Seacart and his brother is Alexander. Alexander Seacart. Um, played for Police this year, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah. He'd been at Bangkok United for a few years and not got a lot of game time, but he's Um, been able to play a decent amount of minutes this year, which is good for him. He has a younger brother anyway, who was at FC Unterhaching um, in the uh, German Youth League. So he was just in their youth team playing in their youth league. I think he was 17 maybe when I wrote this. Um, And now he's playing in the German sixth tier for SC Olching no idea what that's like I, it doesn't sound like it's professional yet um maybe he can make that step up at some point but it's a, it's kind of a very long punt situation
2: yeah i can't i can imagine that the german sixth tier is anything to uh right scored about. a fair amount
0: of goals in in the team he's been at but it's one of those where who knows what the level's like um yeah he's been at some decent clubs throughout his youth career but You've got to convert that into, into being a professional footballer and it would seem he hasn't managed to do that yet. So wait and see. Well, he's, Maybe he's, he'd be
2: fortunate the in group. the sense that he's got a tight passport, so he's yeah. worth taking a punt on in that so, regard.
0: Because, yeah, I mean, it's he may get that opportunity at some point. I yeah. wouldn't be looking at it as a, as a kind of top T1 team. It's no. not something I'd be interested in, but it could be for someone.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah not you you'd be looking at the next two to three years within and yeah. for a lot of t one clubs they're not even looking at the next twelve months
1: so.
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah these are these are the kind of it's interesting to to watch the development of these players because you never know what can happen um and that's what that's what I did with this this particular player maybe, maybe it'll work out maybe it won't we'll see um So that's actually, that brings us to the end of our uh, list of 25 players. Um, Yeah, there's so many kind of potential, there's so much potential there. So many missed opportunities, so many things that could have gone wrong. Also things that could have gone really, really well. Um, It's such an exciting prospect. The, the whole ASEAN marketplace is so exciting. There's so much kind of there's so many dynamic young players and even dynamic older players. There's so much upside to it. And it's such a shame that we've basically just missed out on all of that.
2: Yeah you've got to you've got to look at it from from both sides of the picture, I think. Um, we could we could have done better, but maybe the club saying that they believe that the tie options they have are better than what they could attract.
0: Um, that, that's a reasonable perspective, I suppose.
2: But again, you, you're looking at who who you can bring in, who you can't, and um, yeah, you you know my position on the rules. Absolutely. So of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> Um, So I I think what what we're going to do for the the
0: remainder of this podcast is we're going to talk about, because we've already talked about the the players that we know we've gone through. Since I wrote that piece, obviously loads and loads of other players have emerged and become interesting options that could be signed in the Thai league. Essentially, if I were to write the list today, there are loads of other players that would come into consideration. And we're going to talk about a few of those um, before we wrap up this podcast. And the first name I wrote down, I know it's a it's a Thai player, so yeah, kind of allowed within the rules. <laughs> but he's a he's a big kind of person of interest at the moment. And this is Tanawat soongchittawan who is <laughs> who is on the books at Leicester. Um, he is in the under twenty three team at Leicester, um, playing relatively regularly for them. I believe. I think he plays in most of their under under twenty three outings, um, and he's been playing for the Thai national team in the Suzuki Cup. And I think he's done pretty well. He's a yeah. like a technically pretty gifted player, although if we're to to, to kind of couch that. He's not yet a professional footballer as well, so so it's an no. interesting situation with him because he's he hasn't yet played in the first team of any of the anyway. uh, European clubs that he's been on the books at.
2: Yeah, so it's it's that that tricky one. He, he's got more senior minutes for Thailand than he has at club level ever, oh. even so. I think I think you've got to enjoy what you see for him for Thailand without getting too excited. And I think that's what a lot of people at the moment are guilty of, where they see him for Thailand and they just think, oh, this guy's incredible. Well, no, he he's good for Thailand at Suzuki Cup level, but how's he going to go in a game against someone that's actually got a bit about him you know how's he going to go against if you play Korea tomorrow or if you play Japan or Australia is he going to be able to handle it and
0: uh, yeah that's he, he that's needs club really, football
2: yeah that's, so
0: that's a really good point and um I think I mean when he started playing for the under-23s in the the under-23s I was quite um I was not as impressed by him as I wanted to be, I thought he would do better in those games and be more influential. Um, and then, when he played for the national for the full team, I thought he kind of looked more at home a little bit. And he just, but the system suited him and the opposition suited him, as you're saying, against a really tough team. It it would have been a massive baptism of fire for him, and against weaker opposition, he kind of was able to get really comfortable and um and he he was just able to play keep ball a lot and he it's, technically he's very good he can strike the ball very very well yeah. um he can shoot very well he's got a nice long pass on him he's got those good technical attributes which um. Which could mean that he'll be really good in the future, and we don't well, quite uh, know yet. It's a, it would be a risky signing to bring him to T1 now, and it the question is what what's good for him, and is he going to make it in the European game? That's no. the big question.
2: He's not.
1: Could he? I, I, what I, I level know could I he sound make
2: very, it at? I, <laughs> I know. I know. I sound very negative, and all of that. Realistically, at his age, you need to be playing first-team football. So, if he's and not going what level play would Leicester, he have
0: to go to to do that? Let's say not just. Uh, I, I talked to Ryan, someone. But,
2: I, talk, I was talking with someone today about him, and I said, realistically, I can see him at Buriram Ram in the not too distant future, and then I can see him working towards a move to Japan or Korea. That's that's where I see him. I yeah. don't see him as a Thai league player, but I don't see him as a European player either. Hmm. yeah so it's a case of taking a step back to take two steps forward and that's that's where i see the the question is what does he think
0: because he his goals might be completely different and maybe he he thinks he can make it somewhere in europe because europe's a a vastly diverse system of leagues and levels we all
2: we all have unrealistic goals at one stage in our lives Um, (laughs) The, the, the fact is, he, he's at an age where he needs to go somewhere where he's going to play 30 games a season. That's, if he's not doing that in the next two years, he may as well just sign in Thailand and kiss his career goodbye. That's certainly something I agree with. And I think that um, the signing of him
0: by Leicester is is not very clever. Um, it's just it's obvious that he wasn't signed for his potential as a player. That's obvious. He he exactly. he didn't make it to Leicester on merit and he shouldn't be where he is in that respect. He's obviously a player with a lot of talent and who who has more talent and a greater degree of training than almost all other Thai players. But that yeah. doesn't mean he belongs at Leicester. That's the problem.
2: It, it's exactly. And and the thing he is needed like... to
0: move more organically, didn't he? He needed to go okay, some, some down to the you... level he was actually at.
2: A move to the Belgian side would have made more sense than to the the move to Leicester.
1: Maybe. But then again, those
2: players didn't get on well there. It's like anything. It's like the the one thing that I'll concede is the hype attributed to Tanulat is more justified than the hype attached to Ben Davis. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'll concede because Ben Davis is in – League 1 or League 2 with Oxford, I'm not sure what league they're in. But he's not there on merit either. No,
0: no. Same so, situation, but as you say, at a lower
2: level. Yeah, and, and so, like, I think Tannenwatt will go on to become a good player. I just don't think it's at the, the level that some people are predicting at the moment. I think he needs to just come back, play 50 to 100 league games somewhere yeah, and then kind of push on. He's defined from, from his there. level.
0: He needs to find yeah. where he can, where he can contribute uh, properly to a professional yeah. football team, and then see where he goes from there.
2: Yeah, because there's there's enough about him to be a very solid professional footballer. So... He seems he
0: seems to be quite kind of tactically adept. He seems to be quite aware of what's going around him on the football pitch. He can strike a ball well. There's there's a lot to like there, but. He need, Yeah, he needs to prove it. He needs to prove it at a higher level.
2: Yeah, and, like, the, the likes of Chanatip and Tiraton and all of them lads is they played a lot of football games before they got their big breaks and moves, you know? And those moves don't just happen. You've got to... You've either got to have a brilliant agent or you've got to have a good body of work. Yeah. So. That's yeah. been my big annoyance of the, the Suzuki Cup so far is you know, a few good games against the likes of East Timor or Myanmar or Indonesia and all of a sudden your J League quality. That's just not the case.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that assessment. I agree with that assessment, but at the same time, I like I said, I I agreed with that more when I'd only seen him play for the under 23s. And I think when I saw some of the elements of his performances. For the first team, I was a little more reassured of his ability, but again it, there's more there's more that needs to be shown um and yeah there needed to be more more contributions, i think, more goal contributions um, Having said that, maybe he was a little unlucky in that respect. He took a lot of good dead balls, he put in a lot of good crosses
2: um he had that one shot that just knuckleballed insanely. Hmm. Where
0: almost broke the goalkeeper's wrists. If yeah, know. it was yeah. just
2: an absolute <laughs> thunder bastard of a shot. So
0: yeah, he's got that in his locker, yeah. which is which is nice.
2: Yeah. There's so potential that, there, but we just need to not get too yeah, excited. We, need, we need
0: to see what happens. We need to wait and see, don't we? Um so the next one is another wait and see player. I think almost all of them are that we're gonna talk about and for the remainder of this. Uh, Elkin Baggott is very widely talked about at the moment because he's very very tall and uh, and playing in the the English football pyramid quite highly compared to yeah. most Asian players. So he's at Ipswich as you know.
2: Yeah, League 1.
0: League 1. Yeah. And is he playing or is he still
2: No, I think I think he's kind of been in and around the squad but not quite Hmm. In the mix okay. just yet. But he's massive, right? He's six foot four, six foot five, something like that. Yeah, he's six five, I think. At one stage there was talk he was six 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 and, but no, he's, and not, then they took the he's tall, the he's and measured he's him. He's tall, but he's not a he's <laughs> not a giant. His,
0: uh, without his high heels
2: on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's dollar sized basically. Yeah. And the, the 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 interesting thing about him is he was born in Bangkok.
0: Yeah, I noticed that, I mean, when we were doing the
2: research. Please. So he, he, he grew up in Thailand until he, well, I would say grew up. He was in Thailand in his t- toddler years and then mm. he moved to Indonesia and then from Indonesia he moved to England when he mm. was 9 or 10, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, he's gone on and he's now representing them.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair play. He, he seems to have done well. It, it's another case of wait and see, I think, here because we don't, we just don't know anything about him as a footballer, do we?
2: Well, there was a thing today saying that there's a Japanese club that's looking at getting him, so maybe they're kind of going because they've got Nasiam rule there too, so yeah. maybe they're going, oh, all right we'll we'll grab him and see what happens, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. but
0: That's an interesting situation for him in terms of what does he which direction does he does he want to go?
2: Yeah, in terms of maybe stature, it's not. You know, players don't look to go from Europe to Asia; they look to go from Asia to Europe.
1: But yeah,
2: it all comes down to what's he capable of. Is he a championship player? Is he, is he a Premier League potential player? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but we have no a move idea, to yeah. the J League yeah. certainly isn't going to harm your ability to get a move back to Europe either. No,
0: no that's true um all right so next one ah eggy eggy maulana vikri very yep. uh very talented player from what i've seen i haven't seen much of the guy but i remember seeing a little bit of him and being kind of having that wow factor when i watched yeah. him really um kind of quick dynamic kind of player
2: yeah x factor and flair in abundance
0: yeah, yeah. And so, he's playing in Europe, um, although Slovakia. So, yeah, so <laughs> not, he, he not a high-level European league.
2: He, he got a move to a Polish top tier, like mm. one of the top Polish-tier teams at the time.
0: Gdansk I, or something.
2: Right. I, I don't think it worked out. And I think moves don't work out for a variety of reasons. And he's since left Um you know the, the key thing for him is he's playing now, so that that's that's a good step in the right direction. Um, he's definitely worth, one worth taking the punt on as someone that could come off the bench and change a game because he he certainly looks like he can do that.
0: Absolutely, and it's one of it's one of those careers where it's all merit, isn't it? What he's done, he's he's not been signed by someone owned by Indonesian. Uh, yeah, billionaire, exactly. he's he's tried very very hard to to forge a career in Europe, and he's done it the hard way, and it might not be very pretty, Um, but fair play to the guy. He's yeah, making exactly. a way for himself. All right, so eggy Malan, I would lo- I would love that. I think that's a really good potential idea. Yeah, then,
2: there's work. there's a lot of value in. Indonesia at the moment, in ter- not in terms of signing foreign players from them, signing Indonesian players from them. There's mm. a lot of value. That's interesting. In opinion.
0: So you're going to have to tell me about the next name on the list then if we continue along yep. this path.
2: Erfan um, Jaya. Erfan Jaya? Yeah. Mate, he is someone that I've got a lot of time for. I've seen him a few times at club level. I believe he's moved this season to I want to say PSS. Um, That's what he's played <laughs> he's he's played for some big clubs in Indonesia and he's he's dynamic. So he's the kind of guy that you want running at a fullback. Tell you
0: what Just, mate, I, I'm on Wikipedia less... and this guy is the next
2: the next Terence. He's five foot four <laughs> <laughs> he, to to me that if if I had to make a, a Thai player comparison I would say Neural. Like that's the type of player I see him as. But I actually think that Erfan would score more goals. Well, he has scored
0: goals. I mean, I'm looking at at the, the kind of bare statistics, and he's got six and ten for his current team, six and sixteen for Indonesia, which yeah. which looks very tidy.
2: So yeah, and he's one that I believe has been mentioned as potentially going on to a European loan in the past, but I don't think that's worked out. So yeah, he he's one that if if I'm going to Indonesia tomorrow to sign a winger, that's probably the guy that I'm looking at. That's an
0: interesting shout. I do like the look of this guy. It's only just I mean it's the first time I've looked at his he's
1: young as well.
2: He's 25. Is he? I Mm. thought he was I've done a I've done a Thought he was nineteen, but he was actually twenty-five. Yeah, compared. twenty-five, according oh to what I'm looking at. <laughs> oh wow! I thought he was young. So maybe compared compared to me, he's young, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: he's the youngest person on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that does look like an interesting profile. I mean, that's certainly someone that I would be uh, interested by uh, by signing. I like it. Um, the next one is someone we have seen uh, just the other day, and I do recognise his name, Faris Ramley of Singapore.
2: Yeah, he's another one. He 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 is older, so it's a bit of a catch twenty two. In are you gonna? You can't plan the next five years with him, but if you're planning the next two or three years with him, you're gonna have a hell of a good time. Like <laughs> the goal that he played a role in. The other night where Iksan ended up scoring, he he sucked away all of the defenders where Iksan basically had a very straightforward finish. And he does that time and time again at club level. And he's done it not only in Singapore, but he's done it in Malaysia as well. So, and he can play across the, he can play left wing, right wing. He can play the 10. He can play striker. Like he's one of those guys where he can do all those roles and he can do them all at a high level.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's... he's, And he's fast. He's had good returns. He's he's
2: another one that's very fast.
1: Yeah.
2: So, yeah, but he's another one that, you know, it's he's one that should have been looked at over the past two or three years, not just by us, but by other T1 clubs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good shout. All right. And so, yeah, the next one on that list, we've already talked about him. Um, Ilhan Fandi. Oh, no, we haven't already talked about Ilhan Fandi. Ilhan Fandi is the younger, younger brother.
2: Yeah, so he's the youngest brother.
0: The youngest of three.
2: Yep. He's he's one. So what kind of player is
0: he? Is he the midfielder?
2: No, so he can play the 10 or the striker. Um, from the season I just watched in Singapore, he played as the number nine, mainly uh-huh. for young Lions, and he scored quite a few goals. Um, I thought they were trying to build a team and they needed one in each main position.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, that, maybe that's why they're putting it in the field. I don't know.
2: <laughs> he, um, he's a bit like Irfan in the sense that he's good in the air. Like uh, he's he, He's a threat at set pieces. He's not quite as big as Erfan, but he's one that, you know, Ixan has just moved to BG and Ilhan's record at SPL level is better than Ixan's. So that kind of holds him in good stead in the sense that he's scored more goals than his brother. Like, obviously, his brother went to Norway and has done what he's done there, but in terms of if you're just doing a straight like for like for Singapore, then yeah, he's one that is definitely worth looking at.
0: That is a very interesting. Yeah, that's another very interesting prospect.
2: Only 19, and so still very very young. He's good. He's good in the sense that you can he can play back to goal as well as towards the goal as well. Like he's he's good at receiving the ball to feet, and he's also good at the other aspects of the game as well.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Another good shout there. Um, so this this next one you're going to have to educate me on, Safawan Baharudin.
2: Oh, my oh. goodness. He is, I think he played his 100th cap of the Suzuki Cup, um, played in the A-League in Australia, um, spent the majority of his career in, in Malaysia, he um, can play a host of roles, centre-back, defensive mid, centre-mid, attacking mid. Um, I've seen him play right-back. Does it all at a very good level. Um, I think he had a bit of injury issues not this year, the year before. But, yeah, he he's another one that has, we've missed the boat on in terms of the Thai league. Like he, yeah. He's one that really should have been brought in because... He's been a top Super League import for a long time and that's justified in the sense that he was signed as the AFC player before they even had an ASEAN rule in the Super League. So yeah. clubs were deeming him better than players from the rest of the continent.
1: Yeah, it,
0: that seems like a good shout. He's, he's, and certainly... he's, a
2: bit, he's a bit undersized as well, but you'd never notice because he's so aerially dominant fair enough
0: it's a good shout Sri pahang sounds like it sounds like it should be a southern thai team but of course it is pahang fa before before yeah. they changed their name it's interesting um
2: yeah he's I, at he's at salango now i mm, think yeah that's yeah. right yeah
0: and the uh, the last name on our list is a player who we both know, and I assume almost everyone knows. Um, again, put in the best of all the shifts, I think, against us in the uh, ACL, Stefan Schrock, Schruck, however it's pronounced, absolutely unbelievable player. Still, um, yeah. I think we said earlier that we were talking about who the highest level player was on yeah. our that we were going to talk about today and probably Shrug is the number one, isn't he?
2: Yeah. Played Bundesliga. Yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> There's no competition yeah,
0: really is there. Um, and he's still, it's incredible the level which he's maintained because he is still an absolute monster when he really wants to be.
2: Yeah. he He's, you know, he's like a fine wine. He's, getting older but he's getting better with age you know um so someone messaged me during the suzuki cup and they were very disparaging with what they said about him and then i went on and said my piece but the guy the guy is jacked like he's mid-30s and he is ripped to the bone like He's in incredible shape. I can't – there's no mobility issues with him. No. Um, he's, he's fantastic. And he can play centrally. He can play wide. He, he's a no-brainer. To At 35 years old, you would never guess he was 35 years old.
0: No. And like, I think – I can't remember if he was 32 or 33 when I made this list, but I, I looked at, at – um I looked at his profile and I just thought, well, this the the time has probably passed for this move, so I'm not going to bother including him. Um but in hindsight, no, that, that was wrong. He's still, I mean, and look at what he did to us in, in that game. He's still phenomenal. And you yeah. would you would still sign in today, even years after, um, even years after that. He could make such a big contribution in the Thai league. He absolutely could.
2: Well, with when Jim was saying before, like, if we had to move on, go, then what would we, we do kind of thing? If, if the ASEAN rule didn't exist, I would be very happy with moving go on and getting Shrock. Like, he is. And, like, if go online and look at his social media, there's, there's plenty of ego there and
1: <laughs>
2: all of that kind of thing. But the, the key thing for him is he backs it up. Every yeah. time on the pitch, he backs it up. He's He talks the talk and he walks the walk. So he is a monster. He would be incredible to get it. Level but it instead. must
0: just be a case that he's not interested in it because he's, he's happy. obviously had the opportunity to make that move. There's no way that he hasn't been offered these contracts.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think he's just happy where he is, where, yeah. you know, Look at the Philippines in the sense that there's, what, five, six teams in their league. They play a bubble for two months and then that's the season done. Like that's a dream situation for a professional footballer, isn't it? If
0: that's, yeah. I mean, if you're after that, the kind of the easiest life you can. And yeah. and to be fair to him, he's still obviously maintaining a high level. He takes his, uh, he's a serious professional, absolutely fair play to the guy he's he's found a good situation for himself yeah why would he want to spoil
2: it <laughs> yeah and just to throw in one final player because i know jim would be devastated that he missed it you could almost throw in the boy that played right that plays right back for indonesia into the list of of players not not for his antics after the missed penalty but because he's also a very good footballer so he he got he got a bit in trouble a little bit from his coach after that. I saw that his
0: coach golded him, yeah, said that he yeah, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be playing again unless, if, if he did, repeated uh, repeated that action.
2: Yeah, but, you know. For anyone, was, for
0: anyone who didn't see it, he uh, he jumped in front of a player who just missed a penalty and uh, basically laughed <laughs> in his own face.
2: He, he jumped in front of Farris, who we just talked about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um Very his naughty. goal on save last night in the first leg of the final, you know, he stopped stopped further damage from from Thailand. So and and he just read he's playing at a good level already in K2 in Korea, but I'd imagine he'll make the next step in the not too distant future. Yeah, certainly an interesting prospect as
0: well. Wow. So I think that brings to an end our epic discussion on ASEAN. That was an extremely comprehensive podcast. Um, yeah, I think we did well to get through all that. That's brilliant. Um, hopefully, we have uh, kind of made up for the last several years of doing absolutely nothing with this
2: podcast. That's <laughs> four and a half hours that we've
0: yeah i think this is definitely going to be two podcasts (laughs) (laughs) there's no way there's no way anyone's gonna listen to all four four hours of this hopefully it's two podcasts and um and you guys enjoyed it like i said we've been away for ages um i've got a lot more family commitments now than i did before i've been uh I've been being a family man and it's completely different and I don't have time for podcasting anymore, except on these rare occasions in new year when I get a bit of time off and I do love doing this stuff. So I'm happy that we got the chance to, uh, to have this discussion and talk about football again. It's brilliant.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) hope you enjoyed it too, James? Yeah. It's a nice change. Um, The Thai league's been down for a while and, you know, it's been, a bit of the drizzling shits as well at times. But this is why the, the, the sometimes the discussion about the football is better than actually the watching of the football. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So anyway, um, thanks very much, everyone. And thanks very much, James. And yeah, thanks, hopefully thanks we'll bad. see you again before too long. Yeah. All right. Cheers.
2: Cheers, mate.